It's the JT and Looney Podcast. Episode 102. Powered by our friends at Bet Online. As always, Bet Online, your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Got a great fight coming up this Saturday night. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Two guys with great names and they can both throw haymakers. It's going to be a great fight, and you can bet on that fight at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your phone, sign up today if you haven't signed up already. And just for being friends with JT and Looney, you get a 50% sign up bonus. It'll be a welcome bonus on your first deposit just for being friends with us. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get your bonus from football, basketball, the sweet science, to your favorite Vegas casino games. Hurry up and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. There's breaking breaking news out of Carson. It won't be in my 10:30 report. But uh, the the breaking news out of Carson tonight is there's a mysterious smell. What is that smell? Right now, they don't know, so I can't play any Leonard Skinner <laughs> like I could for the poop smell in El Segundo. But uh, that's got to suck if you, you know, if you live in any community and you have a terrible smell and you don't know if it's related to the oil refinery, if it's bad for you. But that's what's developing hot tonight in, in, in Los Angeles news. Well, I just couldn't believe the news of the oil spill because oil's supposed to spill where people don't go surfing. You know, if it spills somewhere, somewhere up in a place where no one's ever heard of and there's an oil spill, you go, wow. But when David Muir gets so worried because it's off the coast of Newport Beach and Huntington Beach and people like to surf and they have expensive homes and they walk on the beach and then all of a sudden they see oil spilling out from a pipeline what the hell is a pipeline doing off a of newport beach uh, or huntington beach i know it's the things we don't always know or then you know people generations pass on and and we don't realize that things shouldn't be going on anymore and another thing is you know americans we have a hundred years ago we invited immigrants because there was uh there were jobs that couldn't be filled newsflash we have jobs that can't be filled so there's hundreds not tens, not twenties, hundreds of ships out in the harbor that can't get their goods onto the dock because we don't have enough dock workers. And some of those one of those ships probably dragged an anchor and cracked open a pipe. That's really fascinating about that, because I, I seen all these photos, these drone photos and aerial photos of all of these giant cargo ships, San Francisco, Los Angeles, right. New York. I've never seen that before. When I used to live in San Francisco, you'd go down, you'd go over the Bay Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, and you'd see these giant cargo ships, and they'd come into Oakland, and you see that in Los Angeles. And now to see that many boats out there, and you make a great point. I think we're at a point post-pandemic, and what, excuse me, we're not post-pandemic, we're still in the middle of the pandemic, that people don't want hard jobs, hard jobs, and shitty jobs. People got used to some unemployment. They got used to government checks. They got used to not working. Here's a big one. Even though they want to have money, some people have enough money to survive. So they don't want to do a shitty job or a hard job because they look at their checking account and savings account and they're okay. A lot of people are not. 
But why don't those people want to get a job? And because and, they don't want to make eighteen dollars an hour. Well, right, that's twenty-one before taxes. They just rather stay home. So much behind that, and I always say that people who are angry on the left or angry on the right are both angry about the same thing. We don't realize all what we, what we have in common. Yeah, people who work at the grocery store, we never thought of them as essential workers or people that worked at McDonald's. We made fun, not you and I. But, you know, you and I have heard enough talk radio over the years where people say that a wide receiver should be working at McDonald's like it was a lower form of work feeding people. And then a pandemic happened and we realized, oh, we need the workers who feed us, that we don't pay very much. And so there's 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 that. And there's so many people that don't want to do my uncle Mike raised eight kids working in a milk factory. My aunt and stayed home. And you now can't raise two kids without the husband and wife working. And, you know, I'm not a big vast conspiracy guy, but one I would believe in is that companies over the years realized we'll just keep paying them less now that women are in the workforce. And then we'll get two for one instead of paying the male $15 an hour, we'll pay the male and female, $30 an hour, we'll pay the male and female $15 an hour, the husband and wife, rather than just paying the husband $30 an hour. So all of that goes into the soup and people, right, people aren't getting enough bang out of, of the buck for their job. Working's really hard. If you have a real yeah. job, we yeah. talk on the radio, yeah. right? We talk in podcasts, yeah. but I've had hard jobs in my Me life. Me too. I broker, yeah. I work. 17, 18 hours a day till I was exhausted. And I've had jobs and I, I think you my mowed lawns. Ethic, yeah, with, my work with... ethic was always what drove me. But you look at people now and I understand where the where we are as a society now and what people are doing. And people just don't want to go and apply for a job if it's going to be really hard and they don't have to. I mean, stadiums, we, we talk football for a living. Some of these football stadiums, there's two brand new stadiums in Vegas and in Los Angeles where they're having trouble opening all the concourses and the, the vending and the concourse and the concessions, excuse me, because they can't get enough people to work in the upper deck corner yep. concession area. And they want to open it up on game day because people are going, no, 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 I don't, I don't want that job. I don't want to have to take the bus to that job, work just a couple of days a week, make this money, then get taxed on it. And no, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. And all these jobs lay vacant, and it's really hurting our economy. Yeah, and what happened was our forefathers, all of us of every ethnicity and racial background, our forefathers who came here, came here to make life a little bit easier for us. Well, when you do make life a little bit easier for your children and your grandchildren, they end up saying things like, I don't want to do that job. Now, our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers never would have said that, but that's why they came here to raise an eventual offspring or their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren that would say, no, no, my life is too good right now. I, that's why sometimes when people are really upset about the country, you, you live in a pretty good place when all the raves, all the roads, people forget that our roads are paved and our lights go on. Mm -hmm. And when everybody gets sick, they give us a shot. I mean, that's just three off the top of my head. But when, you know, when our biggest debate, you know, in our biggest debate a lot of times in the teens when we were on the radio, not us, but the political debates were about bathrooms and transgender bathrooms. If that's your if that's your biggest debate, that's your, your blessing. It's a blessing. 
not clean water or, or finding water. Oh, my God, we don't realize how blessed we are. You know, for years, I've been talking to you and you put me in line when I compare generations, right? I like to compare. Right. I believe that I have the right to compare Babe Ruth to Mike Trout. Well, you have Why the not? right. I, yes. I have the right to do it. <laughs> and I believe I can make, I can have a constructive debate and right. talk about what would have happened if Babe Ruth was playing now. He okay. couldn't run to first. He had a belly. He eats hot dogs. He runs around trains naked. There were no airplanes <laughs> in the beginning. So I can compare that differently than I can today. But I will tell you this, that generations before us worked much harder than us mm -hmm. because it was a much tougher world and people had to survive. Oh now God. people still have to survive. We have plenty of people in this country that are dying for a job and want to work. But I don't think this country will ever find the work ethic as generations die off, as my grandfather died off. And my dad hopefully lives another 30 years. He's in his 80s. Well, yeah, not second and third generations, but you know first generation people of, of the Afghanis and Latinos, Mexicans and Ecuadorians and people who are coming over the border, they have the work ethic. They they'll, take, they'll take those jobs at the dock to get those ships unloaded. Yeah, a lot of people want to work and come to this country and work. That's, yeah, that's a really big issue. Right, I, don't, I don't debate that. You're right. If you don't believe that, go to a jack-in-the-box drive through in Los Angeles. And if you don't think someone's trying to learn English, then go to the jack-in-the-box drive through in Los Angeles, and you'll find out, yes, they are working, and they're trying to learn English as hard as that is for an adult. I'm always fascinated by that fast food story, too, lately where the one person who works the drive-thru or the one cook just says, fuck it, I'm done. And they have to close the drive-thru down. They close the store down. You know, it used to, you go into a fast food place and there's like 40 people working, right? right? There's interns and kids and all that. Now you go there, there's two people or right. three people. One's oh working God. the drive-thru, one's cleaning, one's cooking. And you're like, man, if one of these people call in sick, they're going to have to shut down the store. That is really happening today yes. in society is a lot of these businesses can't find youngsters, young people to work. And I think what they should do is hire some old people who would like to work again and make some money sure. and give them an opportunity to come back into the marketplace. But unique times we're living in here. Hey, you know what's funny? Role. What happens with people like you and me and my friend Tim Conway Jr., who's a, a great world-renowned talk show host on KFI in Los Angeles, a 50,000-watt blowtorch, one of the top talk radio stations in the country, if not the top. And he, he was, uh, you and I and him, when we used to have to drive into work, uh, we would finish our shift after four long hours doing heavy lifting for the United States of America, the greatest country on earth. And we'd take off our headphones and we'd have headphone hair. Yeah. And, and one night, Conway was driving back home and he stopped for some fast food and went through the drive-thru. And the guy saw his headphone hair and said, hey, hey, you work in fast food too? <laughs> Not radio, fast food. Right. He, yeah, because he thought Conway worked in fast food because he saw the headphone hair that that kid had every night after working the drive-thru for eight hours. Well, if you're wondering why I'm working so much and have to fit yes. this podcast in after radio yes. shows, because yeah. I'm in the earning years, I guess. I thought I would have stopped 10 years ago being in the earning years, but I'm now getting conversations from my wife saying, our son who's at Oklahoma, who's a junior, 
is going to drive from Oklahoma with his fraternity brothers to the Red River rivalry. Oh, great. To see Oklahoma, Texas. So we need to put more money on his card. <laughs> okay. So I'll just do two more radio shows and three more podcasts <laughs> and I'll pay for that road trip. Or my son, who's a freshman in Arizona State, who's supposed to be in college, which means he's not supposed to come home. And right, my wife's right. like, well, he's flying home this weekend because the Raiders are playing the Bears. <laughs> and it's a 45 minute flight. And I'm like, Okay, put that on the Southwest card. I guess we'll get some points for it, right? Even though I have to pay for that too. So I'm in the earning years. Well, one thing that there's some the upside to that, the downside to that is the bank account. The upside is, well, and you know, as he's a freshman, mm-hmm. you know, when he's a sophomore and he's a junior, he might not come home uh, because he'll have more friends and there'll be more things to do on the weekend. So that it's really still good that as an 18 year old, he wants to fly home and do. A sober thing like go to the Raider Bears game with you. That's good. Yeah, but I'm good. getting very used to empty nesting. So, you know, I'm in the I'm in the early stages of my empty nest. You're not crying remember, with the handkerchief over the over the Remember, this nest. podcast is normally about me. Right. Me, me talking my this is my therapy. Right. You're a real radio host to go to therapy. I don't. So this is my only therapy session. I'm getting I'm kind of new to empty nesting. So I'm learning what it's like to empty nest a little bit here. So I'd like to empty nest for a little bit more than every two weeks when there's a Raider home game, because I get I don't get a chance to fully empty nest. But I, uh, I very uh, seldom look at comments on Twitter. I always tell you never uh, to do it. Just play offense. And if you uh, if you do see a comment you don't like, move on or mute the person. Then you never it's, it's, it's a bigger insult. You ignore them and you never even see what they say and they don't even know it. But nevertheless, well, the other day you were kind enough to tweet out that I was going to be a guest on Sirius XM on your show. And um, somebody wrote, ah, oh, the COVID show and JT, who never stops talking about himself. Great. I, something, something like that about you saying you talk about yourself on the podcast. But I saw someone complaining that you talked about yourself on the JT, the brick no. show. God forbid I mentioned myself as I, I don't get a chance to take a breath because I'm trying to get phones going. I don't have three guys clapping behind me and I don't have four co-hosts, so I can take a breath. God forbid I talk about me for 30 seconds as I'm trying to throw kerosene on the phones to get people to interact. with. It's me. also probably uh, hard not to talk about yourself when you're doing the show from your house. And you're well, my, instead of walking into the other room and talking to the guys during a commercial break now, you walk out and uh, your wife's making muffins. Well, by Thursday night, as we're producing this podcast oh. on a Thursday off of Thursday night football, I like my listeners similar to them are sick of me. So it's my final <laughs> show of the week. So I need a break from me by this time as we head into the weekend. Thursday night football, both quarterbacks Ooh. hurt their fingers. Uh, Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson's never missed a football game. He started every game in 10 years. And he had to come out of this game. Geno Smith comes in, leads him to a score in a two-point game. And I'm going, oh, my God, when's Russell Wilson going to go back in? Back in the old days, they'd take him under the, into the back bowels right. of the stadium and they'd shoot him up with something and he'd come back. Or Ronnie Lott, they just cut the finger off. Yeah, Ronnie him back Lott, in. they'd take a piece off of it. But he couldn't go back in. And Matthew Stafford ended up leading them on a drive to win. So I guess the L.A. football love fest is back. It's the Chargers beat the Raiders in front of 80% Raider fans at SoFi and the Rams who lost to the Niners could have lost two games in five days, big victory by the Rams to go up to Seattle and get that win. And now they trail Arizona, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, the only undefeated team, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. 
Kyler Murray is dangerous. I know that's not a news flash, but we wondered, and, and I have always said, any any court, you know, the number of quarterbacks under six feet one who have succeeded in the NFL, it's pretty much near zero. Yeah, you might be able to name Doug Flutie or Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. That's three, three doors down from zero. And maybe there's a, you can throw in a friend, target, whatever it is, it's single digits. But they've never been as short as Kyler Murray. Right now, as I take a look at my trusty quarterback rating, be careful because this, you know, I love my running quarterbacks. This mm-hmm. guy is the new generation, Lamar Jackson type, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. And they're now taking the best football player on the field in some cases, like, like especially with, with Lamar Jackson. And they're not putting him at wide receiver or running back. They're putting him at quarterback. It's not the coach's son anymore. <laughs> it's the best football player on the field. So you're seeing guys the size of Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, or even Kyler Murray, who every, everybody's seen that Pop Warner high school game where the smallest guy in the field is still the best football player. Well, it's, 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 it's hard to imagine that that could happen in the NFL, but it has with Kyler Murray. Well, what's changed with us, and now I'm not talking about 30 or 40 years, I'm talking about the last five to 10, because Peyton mm-hmm. Manning just retired. He just got into the Hall of Fame after five years, first ballot, and Brady is still playing, is that those two guys were two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, arguably Mount Rushmore's top four, uh-huh. and they weren't great runners. They could run oh when God. they had to. They could fall forward for first downs. They could keep a play alive. Now you have to run. And if you're a very good quarterback, you can't get to the elite level. We have that debate with Derek Carr all the time in Vegas. Who's very good, you know, top 10 quarterback, top 12. Why isn't he great? I think he's great, but he can't run at the level of Kyler Murray. He can't run like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't even run as good as Justin Herbert who can run really well and is very good. So if you're a quarterback now and you're very good, you won't be great unless you can run. Aaron Rodgers is slowing down. Case yeah. in point, I'll set you up beautifully with this. Big Ben Roethlisberger literally looks like Frankenstein in boots. Oh he went God. to a point where he got fit. He lost weight. And he knew it was his last year. Yeah, I but mean, he can't take two <sighs> steps to the left or the right. It is sad to watch. Muhammad Ali lost weight for his last fight against Larry Holmes. Actually, his last fight was Trevor Burbick in the Bahamas. But he I, just to psychologically to mess with Larry Holmes. He got down to his, you know, the same weight that he was in the 60s, and it didn't matter. And the same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. He's like Muhammad Ali in the in the, in the 80s. He's, he's awful, and it's so sad to see. One thing that Ben Roethlisberger could do that Tom Brady could never do, and that is play well when things break down. That's when, that's when Ben Roethlisberger got better over the years. But things are always breaking down now with that Pittsburgh offensive line. And that's what that's the thing that Kyler Murray can do and Lamar Jackson can do and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, who, like you mentioned, hasn't probably we don't talk about him enough. As you mentioned, hasn't missed a game. The number one quarterback in my trusty quarterback rating. It's not my quarterback rating. Scientists get together to put this thing together. JT, he's the number one quarterback in the NFL who, when things break down, he's amazing. So, yeah, that's what the that's what the new quarterbacks have to do. And that's what we're going to see, because. People are copycats. Children are going to mimic their favorite quarterback. And right now, their favorite quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And so that's the way children 
and kids in high school are going to start playing quarterback. We have an entertaining future ahead in the yeah. NFL and in college. Well, Ben Roethlisberger, one last thing, <sighs> doesn't know anybody in apology. Nobody. He's had a great career. He's aging out. He's getting older. He took hit after hit after hit. There's a joke there about girls in bars, but I'll yeah. leave it alone. <laughs> leave that alone. Uh, you can. It's a podcast. Uh, but he he played. He had. He's had a Hall of Fame career. All the stats are there. Two Super Bowl victories. Ah. And because he entertained us and played in so many great games, he's starting to break down. There's nothing wrong with oh. that because Brady is aging in reverse. Everybody's getting compared to Tom Brady. You don't want to be compared as a comedian to Dave Chappelle or Richard Pryor back in the day. You don't want to be compared as an actor to De Niro or Daniel Day-Lewis or Meryl Streep. If you can't be the greatest anymore, there's nothing wrong with that. And Roethlisberger is getting crushed on these debate shows. They're beating the shit out of them every morning, saying that they should start Mason Rudolph or whoever, you know, let them sit down. Ben Roethlisberger better hell hold his head high because he's had a hell of a career and he just got old overnight. How many times did I say when we worked together, and I probably said it every year we worked together, uh, depending on when Roethlisberger came in the league, and that would be that at times he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that, NFL in, that NFL included Brady. When Many times when I said that, and he was way better than, than Brady as a rookie than Brady was as a rookie, he came into the NFL and owned it, 15-1 and one, his rookie year. And what rookie does that? Usually they suck. Peyton Manning sucks. A lot of rookies suck. But he came in and owned the NFL from Day one, when he came in, Maddox went down with an injury. He had to come in as a rookie, and he wasn't supposed to. And because the coaches weren't smart enough to know he was he was ready already. And again, when I take a look at my uh, my trusty quarterback rating, he's the fifth worst quarterback in the NFL right now, right there at number five. But you're right; he doesn't deserve any abuse. And our entire lifetime, Super Bowls were always awful. And then the greatest Super Bowl. Uh, of our lifetime, probably until maybe the Patriot comeback, they've been really good the last 10 years. But it was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Arizona Cardinals. Great game. Yeah, when Kurt Warner was unbelievable for the Cardinals and led them down the field for a touchdown, and Ben Roethlisberger turned right around and did the same thing. Antonio Brown in the corner of the end zone, right? It was incredible. And Antonio Holmes in the corner. Antonio of the end. Holmes. Thank you. Yeah, man. that was and the so play there. So, uh, yeah, a great moments in Caucasian history right there. Uh, Pau Gasol retired. Uh, you are on the Pau Gasol oh my God. Uh, train yes. of success in life. I've never met a bigger Pau fan than you. So let's get into the Pau retirement. And, I mean, you'd put him on the Mount Rushmore. I'd put him on the Mount Rushmore of Spain when it comes to that. <laughs> but you really think he's one of the greatest uh, Lakers, underrated Lakers of all time? Yeah, one of the most underrated Lakers of all time. Well, at times, you know, Kobe Bryant, who had a pretty good eye for basketball, I think you would agree. Kobe Bryant always called him one of the greatest basketball yeah. players in the world. Kobe Bryant threw around... Uh, compliments like manhole covers, if you remember. I don't ever remember him complimenting almost anybody else uh, Very when he was playing. But he always referred to Powell as one of the greatest basketball players in the world. When Powell came to the Lakers, they were struggling. Once he got to the Lakers, and it was a game against the Nets in New Jersey, magical things happened. They stopped losing, and they went to the finals and won. 
and they did it again and then they went to the finals the next year and lost and then they returned to the finals three they went back to back to back three years in a row to the finals the same as kobe and Shaq. now kobe and Shaq won all three kobe and powell won two out of three but what really drives me crazy when people talk about kobe Shaq lakers yeah back to kobe Shaq laker days seven out of ten of the first years of the century the lakers went to the finals and to and Kobe and Powell went back to back to back in eight, nine, and 10. That's incredible. And they get left out of every conversation. And I happen to think that quite possibly the Kobe Powell Lakers could have beat the Kobe. Yeah, that's Shaq a fair Lakers. debate because yeah. I was a good enough player to play against Shaq. Shaq was more dominant. And Kobe Shaq was a lot was better, better in eight, nine, and 10 than he was in one, two, and three. Great point. Powell was a two-time NBA champion, six-time NBA all-star. Also, the NBA Rookie of the Year, which is a great trophy to have. Played for FC Barcelona, Memphis. Smartest move ever going to the Lakers from Memphis. Then Chicago, San Antonio, Milwaukee for a cup of coffee. Then back to FC Barcelona. And a great international player. Remember, there are guys like Ichiro who put up massive stats playing in Japan. And there are guys like Powell who put up massive numbers playing in Spain where he could have been playing in the NBA. And if you add those stats to his NBA stats, then you have, you know, higher stats and you look right. at it a little bit differently. Brilliant player. Well, yeah, an all-time player. And you're right. Just like if you had Warren Moon's Canadian Football League great, stats. On, great, great point on Warren. Yeah, Moon. yeah. Oh, and, don't even get, we got to do a podcast. Remind me of that. Because he'll do it. Warren's a friend. I saw him at the hall. We got to do a podcast yeah. with Warren Moon. Well, he could have been the greatest quarterback of all time, at least at the time that he was alive. And it was kind of overlooked, and he, uh, he he couldn't play. They just wouldn't hire him in the NFL, so they went to the Canadian Football League. But just think if he played for the Houston Oilers or anybody else all those years in the NFL, he would have owned the record books. For years, he would have owned the record books. And he, God, God, he was great. Because of racial issues, they yep. wouldn't let Warren Moon play in the NFL, the position he wanted to play. Again, we'll pick that up in a Warren Moon podcast. Sure. Let's preview the fight. I'll be ringside Saturday night. Oh. Hopefully people are listening to this podcast before the fight. If not, share it with people and take a look at our prediction from being at these other fights. This is a trilogy. This is the third fight. So Tyson Fury is going to fight Deontay Wilder Saturday night. It was pushed back from COVID. Really bizarre what's been happening with the buildup of this fight. Yeah. Bob Arum just went off. Uh, Kevin Ioli, who I had on from Yahoo, told me that this is a really dark promotion. There's a lot of bad, hurtful things being said amongst the fighters that isn't getting out to the mainstream media as much because wow. they're not promoting this fight as great as they should be because the NFL, October is playoff baseball, the Dodgers and the Giants and all this. But yeah, they never have big fights. They usually wait till November till after till the November. World Series. Yep. You nailed that. So here's the deal. We, I tell this story that we were one of the first people ever to interview Deontay Wilder. Yeah, he was a very social, he was a very talk radio friendly fighter. He wanted to be the new American big media friendly champion. He came to us at a radio row, I believe in Arizona. Yep. No one knew him. I'll never forget this. With the thousands of interviews I've conducted and many with you, I'll never forget. It's very rare where I don't know how to pronounce a name because I always ask because I never go on the radio without pronouncing a name. Right. And I remember the woman, his handler with him. I said, what's his name? Uh, Deandre or Dante. I thought it was Dante. She said, no, it's Deontay Wilder. And I remember before he came on saying 
to myself, Deontay, 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 and writing <laughs> it down phonetically. And we had him on, and no one knew who he was on Radio Row. He walked in, this giant mountain of a man. Right. He sat down. We did 10 minutes with him. It was incredible. I became he an instant was. fan. Yeah, I became an instant fan. Then we had him on in person a couple more times yeah. in Vegas at Radio Row. And he was one of the guys that I thought coming out, he was, he's always been so sloppy. You know, and Fury is the better boxer, and you know, he can be sloppy as well, which is why you can have exciting moments. When you have tacticians like Pacquiao and Mayweather, they can, they can, you can have a boring fight. This is not going to be a boring fight. Yeah. Uh, we have 19 rounds of data to prove it's not going to be a boring fight. And no one in the game has a one punch, the one punch power of, of Wilder. Very few people in boxing history have because very few people in boxing history have been his size. He uh, Rocky Marciano is the size of Deontay Wilder's shoe. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would have just destroyed any of those older guys. And that power means Wilder is automatically in every second of every fight he fights. And, and, and we also know that with Fury, idle time has not been his friend drugs and alcohol and suicide, uh, suicidal issues, et cetera, over the years. So and the partying and, the, and it's a more it's a different life in Europe. And, uh, and and make no mistake, Wilder will be coming for blood. He wants to be the more famous guy here. He does. So, but I, I think he's a flawed fighter because if oh, you yeah. go back because in the 19 rounds, Fury has convincingly won 17 rounds. And it hasn't been close, but it's even 1-1 coming into this fight. And, you know, I would assume that Fury wins by decision, but I wouldn't bet on it because he's 3-5-1 to five, one odds for Fury. And I think that Wilder's got a really good shot here. Fury looks relaxed. He also looks a little soft to me. He always Wilder, has, though. He's, it's weird right. for a tough guy. Yeah, he's got that well, white, soft skin that some guys just can't get rid of. And uh, remember, he wanted to put on additional weight to lean on Wilder. That was the philosophy in the last fight. It worked brilliantly. He yeah. came in heavy and that was the difference because Wilder couldn't push him off him. And that was a really entertaining fight until, and, and this is the point I want to make. What happened in that fight when I was there at the last one was only a few boxers could do this in the history of boxing. Fury could have knocked him out earlier. He wanted to fucking punish him. He was yeah. burying him and they wouldn't stop the fight at that point. And Fury knew it and Fury just kept peppering him and hurting him, but not trying to finish him off because he wanted to make him pay until they finally stopped it. So I think that Fury was so confident with the way he beat him down as a man so easily at the end that if Wilder didn't go back and learn how to throw a jab, learn a new punch, break down film and have a completely different game plan, Tom, I'm going to be very disappointed. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, remember the time that, that Deontay Wilder in the first fight mm -hmm. knocked Fury cold and Fury got up? That was like Muhammad Ali getting up in the 15th round against Joe Frazier from that left hook. I don't know how he got up. There were other fights we've seen, either film of or uh, live over the course of our lives. We didn't see Holmes and Shavers live, but Holmes a couple of times in his career, also against Ronaldo Snipes got knocked out cold and then somehow got up and came back to fight. When guys do that, it's unbelievable. And, and, and the same thing happened to Fury, that he came back from that knockdown uh, against, and, and that also shows that he could make that same mistake again, but not get up. 
Usually, and- usually in boxing in a rematch, the winner wins even easier in the rematch. Not every time. Nope. But this is a rubber match. This isn't a rematch. This is a trilogy. So I'm fa- I'm really excited about this. Oh, me too. And the question is, what's going to happen this time when a rematch takes place in any sport at any time? The advantage we all think it could be the rematch. It could be, hey, you know, Kansas City went to the Super Bowl. We saw them win. Now they're playing the Super Bowl again. We saw them win. We think they're going to win, and they don't. I am really conflicted on this fight. So me too. Here's what I'm going to do. I, I do. I always pick the American. Thank you. I wouldn't I like the Ryder Cup, but I'm not going to do it this time. Because I was there for the last fight, and I thought that Fury was so in Wilder's head, and I think Wilder's intimidated by him. Wilder told Chris Mannix on another podcast that he's ready to die in the ring. He looks like he is in great shape. Well, he always looks like he's in shape, but, you know, that's Incredible different. Shape. I always call that Evander Holyfield syndrome. Sometimes just because you've got a nice body doesn't mean you're in shape. I'm going to go with Fury by decision. And I don't even like that because Fury, I think, and Wilder can punch themselves out. You know, this isn't 15 rounds, 14 rounds, the thriller in Manila. This Ah. isn't going, you know, 13, 14 and 15. This is just getting to 12. But these are such large men. By the time they get to eight or nine or 10, one of them's about to go down. And I think that's going to be Wilder. I'm rooting for Wilder. I want him to win. I think that Fury is going to win by decision or a TKO, or he's going to be beating him and the rep will stop the fight. It won't be a knockout. But either way, I'm going with Tyson Fury to win the trilogy. I think he's the better boxer, and I think he's in the head of Deontay Wilder. How do you have it? I am going with the United States of America as you kneel over there, Colin. I am going with the United States of America. Yes, Fury's the better boxer, but it doesn't say much. And I mentioned we have 19 rounds of data to prove that he is the better boxer, but he got, he's so sloppy. And when guys are sloppy, big things happen. I'm going to go with Fury by decision. And I don't even like that because Fury, I think, and Wilder can punch themselves out. You know, this isn't 15 rounds, 14 rounds, the thriller in Manila. This Ah. isn't going, you know, 13, 14, and 15. This is just getting to 12. But these are such large men. By the time they get to eight or nine or 10, one of them's about to go down. And I think that's going to be Wilder. I'm rooting for Wilder. I want him to win. I think that Fury's going to win by decision or a TKO, or he's going to be beating him and the rep will stop the fight. It won't be a knockout. But either way, I'm going with Tyson Fury to win the trilogy. I think he's the better boxer. And I think Deontay Wilder by knockout. And the United States of America has the undisputed heavyweight champion. We are torn. And uh, this is not a fake debate show. No, we no, no, it's side not. over the other. God, I know everybody's fascinated. Make me puke. The fake debate podcast. <laughs> Finally, yeah, we would, you know, we couldn't do those shows because no. because we couldn't we wouldn't. I can't do that. We were well, anytime we've done one together. It's always been organic. If we agree, agree. If we don't, we don't. But God, I couldn't do that. And you, I not, could you for not, the money. I could for the money. <laughs> I'm going to throw some of that Stephen A. or yep. skip money my way. Yeah, that is a, probably a, a phony statement on both of our parts. Right. Because. Uh, right. We're, we're, we're both part Irish that we, we, we just argue for breakfast. So, yeah. 700,000 Americans have died from COVID. I bring that and I put that in the podcast because we have listeners who listen to our first podcast when we started with COVID. Now we're at 700,000. The number is it is sobering. It is somber. Uh, it gets better, but it doesn't get better by much. Wherever you find your news on this topic. 
just wanted to bring it up again. We have not lost. We have not lost out on this. We're not forgetting this. 700,000 Americans have died. We don't talk to conspiracy theorists. We don't talk to people who say those numbers are fake, like they did the first four months of COVID and all that. These numbers are tracked. We both know people that have died recently of COVID. Mm-hmm. We take it seriously. And that's where we're at. And I, I hate having to include it with the number going up in the podcast, but it's what we said we would do every podcast. And we've done it for pretty much all of them is just give everybody that number for posterity that we can always go back to years from now and remember where we were at this time. And I've always mentioned the Irish trait that we both have, and we both have it deeply. And that is we, we have the ability to ignore the elephant in the room. That is an Irish trait. And we smile and pass the mashed potatoes, but we both promised each other that we would not uh, ignore the elephant in the room during this podcast, which has always been COVID since early on when we started this. Go see the many saints of Newark. Even if you're not a Sopranos oh, fan, you have oh. to see it. Did you see I, it? I watched it twice. I okay. went back and watched it okay. again. Let's I'm talk really about it next week because I will see it by the time we do the next award-winning JT and Looney podcast. Wow. You listened to the whole thing. Thanks. JT and Looney podcast is powered by Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.